Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. This Saturday, February 10th, is Lunar New Year, and folks in St. Louis will welcome the Year of the Dragon in many ways. Among them will be Vietnamese St. Louisans celebrating Lunar New Year with traditions and features unique to Vietnamese culture. So as we close out the Year of the Cat, we welcome two guests with more to share about forthcoming festivities and some history about Vietnamese people who've made and call St. Louis their home. First, we have Chris Lay, president of the nonprofit organization St. Louis Vietnamese Community. Welcome. Well, hello, Elaine. Thank you so much for having us. We also have Tila Nguyen, who is the St. Louis Vietnamese Community's uh, director of events. Welcome to you as well. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you both for joining us today. So first, let's start with something that I have, <laughs> I have mispronounced, uh, which is the the name for Lunar New Year in Vietnam. Chris, can you pronounce the whole thing for us, and also you know, tell us what it means? Uh, it's actually pronounced that. It's spelled T E T. Um, well, it's really significant because um, the the organization came from um, from seated from um, the elders who came here with a um, little background on the, um, uh, English proficiency or um, cultural um, understanding, and so it's really significant because we celebrate the uh, new year, the new moon, new new uh, harvest uh, in Vietnam. It brings um, uh, hope, mm-hmm. and the the name of the the holiday often is called in in the United States it's called Chinese New Year Vietnamese New Year is a little bit different though right in what ways is it different Tila I think for us we um, have differences in the zodiac so I know Chinese has the cat and we have the what was that animal? Is the ox or the buffalo? No, they have rabbit and we have the cat. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm wearing <laughs> rabbits today. Yeah, I yeah. see your rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. I mean earrings. Yeah. And so these are, that's one of the, the differences. So it's honoring the cat instead of the rabbit, buffalo instead of the ox. Um, are there some other things that you do as Vietnamese uh, Vietnamese Americans that sort of reflects what uh, what was important for those who who brought you here, whom you came with. Uh, what are some of those those features, Chris? Um, we still keep that cultural traditional ceremony uh, where we worship the ancestors and thank them for our well-being. We also thank um, them for protecting us uh, during the migration over here from Vietnam and allowing us to continue the culture and passing mm-hmm. it down to the younger generations. Right. Now, that migration here, that is a story that each of you have sort of in different ways. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about how you and your family ended up in St. Louis? 
Yes, uh, so my father was one of the generals of the Southern Vietnamese Army who fought alongside our uh, U.S. Um, troops. Um, he was prisoner of war and um, for several years, and when he came out, um, we tried several times. Uh, we were considered what we called our labeled boat people, so we fled the country via boat. Uh, concentration camps uh, in the Philippines and Malaysia, and then finally sponsored by the United States to arrive here. Mm-hmm. And what year was it that you came? Elaine, if I tell you, then I will release my age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to just say like in the 70s. In the 70s? Okay. Well, And that's some quite some time ago. Yes. And for you, Tila, your, your story is similar. It is similar. My father was also a prisoner of war. Um, My mother's family was sponsored here first through a church family. So her and her siblings and her mother came to America first. And three three years later, she was able to sponsor my father and I to come Mm -hmm. to America. So this story of, you know, finally coming together in the same place, and then thinking about an occasion like the Lunar New Year, what do you remember, Tila, of the way that your family um, and the community that you were part of, how did you all celebrate the the Lunar New Year together? It was always a big party. All the aunties would be in the kitchen cooking all day, and all the uncles and my father would be actually gambling all day. (laughs) And us kids would be running around, and we'd get red envelopes um, with money, and we'd just all hang out together and eat and celebrate. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to what you also experience, Chris? Oh, definitely. Except yeah. we want those spread envelopes like almost right away. Okay, that's <laughs> the first thing. There's the, the money in the there. Money. Yeah. And did you have any sense of sort of a, a connection to Vietnam in particular as you were celebrating over the years, the Lunar New Year? You know, as a younger child, um, being more Americanized, to me, it was just a holiday where the family gathered and we have special things that we do. I did not understand the whole sense of it completely as a child until I get more involved. And, and you know, when you get older, you discover things that pertain to your culture more as you um, learn more. Mm-hmm. And you talked about um, sort of the, the formation of St. Louis Vietnamese community, which is the name of the the nonprofit that you are now president of. It's your second term there? Yes. Yeah. How is it that you became involved with that organization? Um, And does it reflect anything about the way Vietnamese community has developed or grown in the St. Louis area? Most definitely. Like I mentioned earlier, the organization was started by some um, elderly uh, seniors who uh, came here, and they just wanted to preserve their culture and their um, uh, traditions, and they wanted to find a way. And anybody that's part of the Vietnamese, that are Vietnamese, when they came, they try to connect so that they can continue to do that. And also, that is kind of significant because during that was when um, the uh, current capital, Saigon, back then was bombed. And so they couldn't celebrate that then and since then. So mm. that was significant for, for us. Okay, so it's very much connected to history. Yes. As you were growing up, Tila, did you know anything about the, the history that uh, that Chris has just shared? Is this something that is relatively new for you? 
It is relatively new for me since the pandemic happened. I've seen a lot of Asian hate. I wanted to dive into like my culture a little bit more, learn about it a little bit more and be more of an advocate. So Mm -hmm. it is a little bit newer to me. Yeah. And how old were you when you came? I was three. You're three. So, I mean, you arrived, Chris, in the in the 70s. Tila, you came when you were three. I mean, there have been waves of uh, of Vietnamese immigrants coming here and also migrants, like people who have settled in other places first and come to St. Louis. What is your sense of, of why people come to St. Louis rather than other places you know, in the Midwest or maybe to the coasts, Chris? I view St. Louis as being extremely diversified. I know there was a lot of Asian hate during the pandemic, but I did not even hear, you know, a significant story as much in St. Louis. And I do appreciate that from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So insofar as, you know, what you have both mentioned about Asian hate, um, how is it that in, in St. Louis you feel like that has not happened? Like, is there a measure of um, security that you have felt because there are enough Vietnamese here, Tila? I would agree with that. Um, there is strength in numbers, and with our organization, we have people to lean on. We have an entire network of lawyers, accountants, all professions that can help us in any aspect that mm-hmm. we may need. Yeah. And Chris, your involvement with this organization, as well as other you know, Asian, East Asian specifically, and then also sort of more broadly pan-Asian organizations, how does your, your work with St. Louis Vietnamese community sort of go hand in hand with that? It's significant because um, everybody, at least from my perspective, when I first joined the organization, it was a very small um, just community, um, stick your, your own self, you know, group. And since then, we actually connected with other, we build bridges with other AA and HPI communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hate to acknowledge the fact that it is sad that the pandemic um, happened, but in a way it is good because it actually brought more connections to the ANHPI community. Mm-hmm. And I felt our um, involvement and our continue uh, building bridges with those um, actually help us build that big voice that we want to to stand together mm-hmm. for unity. And how is it that these connections have happened? Um, when we needed help, we just said, hey, something's happened in the Asian community. Mm-hmm. What can we do? So then everybody said, hey, it happened in my community. Hey, yeah. I need help with this. How do I do that? So we all share information on how to do that. And then eventually when something happens or something comes up, we will be in a, a whole network of, um, it's like information uh, system yeah. where we um, share a lot of um tips and stuff on how yeah. to get around. Is there a specific example of that that you can point to like over the last couple of years where um, STLVC in particular maybe has needed um, resources, whether they're tangible or informational, as you said, and that partnership with or collaboration with other Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander groups has facilitated uh, you're getting to what you needed? Oh, yes. I don't know if um, a lot of people recall the shooting in Atlanta, city of the... Um, the spa shooting. The spa shooting, right. yes. Um, that was 
really, really big impact for us. And of course, I came from a background of, um, uh, you know, working in the spa years ago. So that kind of hit home from, you know, from that standpoint, too. Mm -hmm. So um, I get a hold of some of the ANHMAC communities. Um, We were able to bridge out others. And we were not the ones who actually were in charge of putting this whole uh, event together. But we ended up um, being one of the planners, along with the Asian American Chamber of Commerce, to get almost all of the ANHPI communities together within a day or so to mm-hmm. have hold a visual for that. And the resources that developed amongst that, how to contact your city and county representatives and police city and county, they, we, we were able to bring all those resources to all those communities. Mm-hmm. Now, Tila, when we spoke before the this segment, we talked a little bit about what your connections have been sort of with uh, within Vietnamese communities, sort of um, largely speaking, and then with Asian American um, organizations. Is what Chris was talking about, was that part of sort of the beginnings of your becoming more involved? Yes, and I've we have a lot of mutual friends. The co- Asian community is not it's big, but it's not that big. Everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody by one degree. So, um, you know, I knew somebody she was acquainted with, and they kind of, like, drew me in on all the other organizations and how I can be of help. Mm-hmm. So we started this conversation by talking about Vietnamese New Year. Um, and one of the things that I certainly noticed, I so I'm of Korean background, um, Seollal is what we call the Lunar New Year. There are some traditions associated with that, you know, things that we eat, things that we engage in. We don't have red envelopes, but there's an envelope, and there's definitely money in there. <laughs> um, what about maybe this year made it feel like it was uh, the right time to get people thinking about Lunar New Year rather than you know Chinese New Year or New Year as you know Korean celebrated or the way that you know those who are of the you know Bhutanese community would do it Chris we have several traditions uh, that coincide with uh, the Chinese uh, traditions. Um, China ruled Vietnam for several thousands of years, and uh, they've adopt- adapted some of our cultures and traditions, and so as we, uh, significantly to, uh, to the Vietnamese community, we we have different foods like bánh um, tét, which is uh, the rice um rice, I guess, glutinous, glutinous rice, rice. sticky rice, rice. Uh-huh. Sticky rice uh, with different like banana, uh, wrapped in banana leaves with mung beans. And actually, it actually gets have to cook for over tw- 12 hours, 12 wow. hours. Okay. Yeah. And then we have um, um, candy, sugar candies and um, preserve, um, preserve fruits, different fruits during fruits that. And nuts. That's mm-hmm. specifically the way that it's made. It's just for that and you that which is Lunar New Year. Um, that's the only time of the year that you will be able to find it in any grocery store. Oh, really? Yes. That's the only time in the year that our parents will probably make it for okay. us that too. And is there something that the ingredients or the way that it, it looks or comes together, that it represents what you would want for a New Year celebration? It's beautiful. It's almost like a charcuterie board of like nuts and seeds and preserved fruits. Mm-hmm. So like abundance for the coming year. Mm-hmm. There was a, another um, bun that you had described to me, Tila. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the, the other one. 
Is the one that you were talking about, Chris, there's a round one and then there's a square one There's a square Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called Ban Zheng. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the same fillings, the same ingredients. It's just in a different shape to to represent the the earth and the sky and how they come together. Mm -hmm. So you're giving me sort of a, a, a foretaste of what will be happening at the Missouri History Museum this Thursday. And this is something that's been in the works for a while. Chris, can you talk with us a little bit about what that event is uh, and how it came together? Um, so I've been working with the Missouri History Museum for a little bit over a year in conversation on how we can pull this off because we really want to make it to where everybody's comfortable attending and then wanting to learn. We like to show them what the um, the other Lunar New Year is. There's different, uh, like the Taiwanese and us, we celebrate Lunar New Year also, but little do people know it's not always called Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to show the other side of what other countries um, and how we celebrate it. So Missouri History Museum, we're going to have a a segment where we will um, hopefully share our cultures and traditions. Actually, Tila and um, our director of uh, programs will actually be presenting a segment um, uh, about the Vietnamese uh, traditions during Lunar New Year. We'll have uh, some goodies there for you to see. I think we're um, History Museum is going to provide um, lucky envelopes. I don't know what's going to be in them. Stickers. <laughs> stickers. 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 Okay. stickers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So just uh, uh, just a little taste of, of what you can see, uh, what we do yeah. um, when we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Tila, I saw the presentation that you're going to make. It's it's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is there something in that presentation that you are especially looking forward to talking about maybe because it's not something that in your in your childhood and as you were growing up here that you saw represented I am most excited about talking about the aoyai, which is our traditional dress. Mm-hmm. And in translation, it means long shirt. So it's basically a long tunic shirt with sl- really high slits and you wear wide leg trousers underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of significance in color as well, like in, for white girls um, it would go to school wearing the white. And then for that, it'd be like bright colors or colorful, like bolder colors. And for weddings, it'd be like red. Mm-hmm. And in that presentation, too, um, what is it that you're hoping people leave that day with after having seen what you've prepared? I would love to show our tradition and the differences between the Chinese and Vietnamese. I think that's really great to represent us mm-hmm. um, as a community in St. Louis because we are a pretty large community. And one of the things that you had told me about was those stickers. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the, some of the challenges that you encountered in locating stickers that were right for the event. Yeah, Emily Underwood with the St. Louis History Museum had reached out to us and said she was having trouble finding stickers that weren't so um, Chinese forward. And mm-hmm. the ones I could find were like of animals or fruit or something like that. Yeah. So that was a little bit less, but it was a challenge. Okay. And in the time that you have been here, Chris, um, do you feel like there is sort of a greater awareness overall about Lunar New Year? And that is partly what made it the right time this year 
to be really specific about debt? Of course. Thank you so much. You, your pronunciation is perfect, <laughs> Elaine, for that. <laughs> um, yes, it is, because we're not trying to uh, um, say that one culture is better at celebrating or more significant. We're just trying to distinguish the two so that when, when everybody in the community sees people with the aoyai or if they're um, going to these grocery stores, Asian grocery stores, and they see the bantak or the banjing and stuff like that, you'll know that that's Vietnamese-specific or you'll know that that's Chinese-specific mm-hmm. for certain ways. And we just want to share our culture with the community yeah. um, so that we can be more respectful of everybody's background and history. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you wish people understood, you know, better about you or about Vietnamese culture in general, Chris? I just like to get the everybody to explore more. We have, of course, good food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we party like everybody else and during the holidays. Uh, but I think that that the the most important is that for you to be willing to step up and and open your eyes to to explore different cultures and what better way to do it than the you know your neighbors yeah i think this uh, the the way that learning even about your own cultural background that this continues as you grow older and that it happens in different ways over generations that has been something really interesting to not only for me to experience personally, but also to observe. Nutila, for you, what is this experience of being involved with planning around such a significant Vietnamese holiday? Um, How has that affected the way that you you feel as a a Vietnamese-American? I definitely feel prouder, and I definitely feel more comfortable in my own skin representing my culture and sharing and even being on this radio show here uh-huh. is a big stretch for me, but I'm proud to do it. Yeah. And we had talked about your, your son, mm-hmm. born and raised in St. Louis. What is his level of awareness of, uh, you know, of this particular holiday of Lunar New Year, but in general about his Vietnamese background? He's way more comfortable in it than I was when I was his age. He'll bring different foods to school and not care about, like, the smell or anything. And his friends are, like, very intrigued and they want to try it. So he's happy to share his culture as well. Mm -hmm. And just as we wrap here, uh, the last couple of minutes, there is not only the event that is happening at the Missouri History Museum, which is before Lunar New Year, but there's also uh, the event that is happening at St. Mary's High School on February 18th. Chris, tell us a little bit about that. How will that be different from what people will experience on uh, on Thursday at the Missouri History Museum? Well, you'll definitely have more food um, at the February 18th event. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, um, but you'll see a lot of, um, you know, the, the like um, what Matila mentioned was our oh yeah, you see different styles and stuff there. You see the, um, the more broad celebration this is an annual event that we host for the community um, to come out and just bring the community together as, as a gathering to to let them feel like they're at home. Mm-hmm. Because back in Vietnam, when there's that, you um, the villagers or the the whole neighborhood, you know, they they gather together, and we want to show that as a community to show them, hey, we're here too. We're like you, and hoping that everybody will come explore that.
Chris Lay is president of the nonprofit organization St. Louis Vietnamese Community, and Tila Nguyen is the St. Louis Vietnamese Community's director of events. Thank you both for being here today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. This episode was produced by Elaine Cha. Our audio engineer is Aaron Dorr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.